This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for uh, a show that's flipped on its head. The one we intended to record was all about uh, celebrating Dean Smith being the fifth longest serving manager in the Premier League and celebrating that fifth position with uh, five consecutive losses. But alas, we have now evolved into a Dean Smith out episode. Joining me to discuss that and more, Mr. Chris Budd. Hello. Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. And we've managed to find uh, an old hair of uh, <laughs> Dan Rogers in uh, one of the microphones, and we've managed to clone him. And uh, he was the man in the uh, Christmas episode that prophesied a 10-game losing streak. So uh, let's get him on to uh, discuss that. Uh, welcome back, Mr. Rogers. Hello, Villa chums. There's nothing more you know than the Villa Underground loves a good crisis. I'm here. I've arrived for the wake. Just, bud, have you prepared the sandwiches and pickled onions? I am have here. Have you brought the Christmas jumpers? <laughs> the Christmas jumpers. Have you brought the bongos? I have. <laughs> it's good to be back, everyone. It's good to be back. Five defeats is nothing. I was holding yeah, it for 10, 15, 20. But it, it does feel like a wake where we've got <laughs> old friends uh, around uh, to uh, say, have you got a little passage uh, ready? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't in the first uh, take, nor in I the thought, second. I thought, I, th- I thought you might be reading from the fables of Al Ghazi, uh, passage 10.8 or something. I'm reading from the book of Samson. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah, the Matthew Burson impersonator. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Well, uh, we will stick to the uh, normal format of the show, and uh, obviously the uh, Dean Smith uh, leaving uh, the club or being sacked. More uh, to the point, uh, will obviously be a shadow that casts itself large. Uh, over the proceedings but we'll also uh, because it's the international break we'll also uh, have a uh, show specifically uh, talking about the Dean Smith situation uh, the 360 degrees of uh, what went wrong why he left and why 
he left. Was it uh, the right choice? What's going to happen next? Have uh, Villa dropped a bollock? Uh, since he was very much uh, part of the new regime and they had uh, very much invested in him as their man and the face of the new revolution and uh, didn't very, last very long and uh, never got going really. But as we say, we'll, uh, that would obviously inform the conversation going forward. Uh, but also we'll go through the Villa News, the three points. Mr. Shaw will serve us up with the latest uh, Media Muppet offerings. Before we uh, talk about the Saints, the last game that Dean Smith was in charge of Aston Villa for. So, Dan, how are you? Uh, quickly, welcome back. It's Thank been, you. Uh, Thank been you. a long time since our, uh, was it the Christmas special? Yes, that's when I, um, like the Grim Reaper, made my Prophet of Doom prediction, <laughs> and and so it has transpired. But it, I take no, I take no pleasure in saying that. You but well, we're halfway there. I mean, to be honest with you, if uh, I mean, I was saying to uh, you guys before the start of the show, if Brighton scored the first goal against Villa at Villa Park, then considering you know how defensively sound they are the next games away at crystal palace who uh, aren't easy to beat at all then it's manchester city leicester liverpool and potentially lumping on for another five losses there it's a bit of a, an accumulator in the in the making there what are you saying we should lump on david <laughs> <laughs> uh that's not financial advice uh, it's just a uh the, the sounds of a concerned Villa fan. Right, uh, let's let's get into it. Uh, right, let's start off with some Villa news. First thing, Villa news, uh, Dean Smith was sacked. Uh, second thing, uh, international break. Uh, <laughs> Leon Bailey is uh, off to Jamaica. Bit of a two-sided coin here. Good for him to get actually get some games under his belt because he's uh, he's not at the races, is he, at all? The problem is uh, there's a high probability that he'll come back injured, uh, no doubt. Douglas Louise uh, is not in the, the Brazil squad due to his uh, ongoing injury, which seems to have been kind of made light of, hasn't it? Hasn't, nobody's really uh, singled in on that one. Because he was having a relatively okay season so far. He's been, been steady, hasn't he? You can't really say that about a lot of our players. Sanson is not in the French squad, but that's more about his ability than his uh, fitness. Mings in the England squad, despite being dropped by Smith. Watkins doesn't get a berth, uh, as probably expected. Uh, the only other things of note, uh, January, uh, some additional TV fixtures have been added to Villa's calendar. The Manchester United game has, although it takes place on the same day, January the 15th, Saturday, it's been moved back to a half-five kickoff. Villa's trip to Goodison uh, will now be a uh, half-twelve kickoff on the Saturday. Uh, I'm sure uh, away fans are very uh, happy about that, uh, meaning they're going to have to uh, get up uh, the crack of dawn for that one. While uh, the trip to Brentford will be uh, also uh, broadcast, uh, and that is now 2 o'clock on the Sunday. A little bit of fallout uh, from the uh, the Saints game. I don't think this has anything to do with uh, Dean Smith or whatever. It's just a bunch of pricks uh, starting fights. This is what we were talking about uh, earlier on. I think the police were saying after the uh, the pandemic, there was a lot of, uh, let's say, younger fans who they were going like, either with their parents or not at all. And then suddenly they were two years older and they were drinking age after the pandemic. And then suddenly there were these fans that just didn't know how to fucking behave or didn't know the protocol of going to games. And uh, I think that's still causing uh, a lot of problems. Meanwhile, uh, the Villa women... Uh, 
reasonably gutsy performance against Chelsea, who are uh, one of the best uh, women's team in Europe, uh, losing 1-0. And they now find themselves uh, very much in mid-table after six or so games. Actually, they're above Manchester City, which uh, is saying something. What's happened to Manchester City? They've lost three games out of uh, five. I have no idea. It's a mystery. Right, uh, I think it's time for Medium Muppets. Right then, Mr. Shaw, what's in the Medium Muppet trough this week? So much, so much. We had to buy a bigger trough. We did it, it overfloweth, but then we tipped it out and we, we just went with the recent stuff. So we'll actually have Dean Smith's last words as villa manager. And no, it wasn't fuck off, Christian. Um, the, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> according, to, according to the Birmingham Mail, our old friends and our old Muppet providers, uh, the last words... I thought, I thought his last words, is it all right if I uh, get the job at Norwich then? <laughs> No, they're saying his last words were, it's disappointing. But um, if you if you click into it, and please don't, this is actually just his last press conference, dressed up to be a new comment. So they just proceeded to copy and paste their previous piece on Smith after the, the Saints game. This is, should be illegal still. It's so disingenuous and misleading. It should be illegal. Yeah, and just to show the no more, no, no more than the rest of us, they said Perslow would use the international break to speak to potential new managers only if Smith couldn't turn it round. So the, the actual comment from them was, Villa CEO Perslow is now set to use his two-week international break as a chance to speak with potential new bosses should Smith's hapless losing streak continue at Villa Park. So, no, they, they didn't wait on that at all. So they've just carved up the previous article and, and twisted it. Yeah, carved up the previous article and twisted it. And then there's more articles coming every second out of it saying how Smith fought his corner as if they were in the room behind him, you know, like like they were in Canelo's corner or something like that at the week, <laughs> weekend. I mean, I always remember one of these Football Supporters Association awards sitting next to uh, is it Jonathan Liu who was, used to write for The Independent went to The Guardian and we were talking about uh, local press coverage and mentioned how uh, what had been happening uh, uh, you know specifically I mean it's the same across the board all these reach publications and uh, the whole clickbait model and he said oh, is that the way they uh, cover Aston Villa he said ah, that's disappointing isn't it because there is a choice but at the end of the day they're just going for the numbers and nobody's got the balls to actually stand up they Who, just go who's along clicking with it. on it that's what I don't get now well this is the thing I mean you know we can sit here bagging out the Birmingham Mail but if it works that just means there's a load of numpties clicking on it and falling for it time and time and time again it's literally addicted an... to heroin or uh, <laughs> fentanyl yeah, yeah fentanyl <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it takes two to tango, doesn't it, when it comes to clickbait? Have some self-respect, people. Right, into the three points. First one, safe standing. UK's football police lead Mark Roberts has described a two-decade-long campaign for safe standing as a headlong rush. What does he mean by that? He's saying it's, it's poorly thought out, even though they spent two decades trying to, you know, get it into place. I mean, I, since my old man started over 10 years ago, I remember going to the House of Commons and, uh, you know, hearing MPs hold a, uh, like a think tank there and uh, basically to educate other MPs on what the issue is and why it's time for a change. And uh, I, I remember I, I asked the last question to the MPs and I said, what is the timeline on this? And the answer was so wishy-washy, I just thought, Oh, this is going to take fucking ages. Well, the next step would be for the, uh, the government to allow a trial to go forward. Um, do I have a timeline in my head? No, this campaign has been going on for some time. 
Well, Mr. Michael, we've got to leave Europe first. And <laughs> <laughs> so the idea that uh, this uh, chap from the police has said it's a headlong rush is uh, bordering on ridiculous. And uh, anybody can see with that rail in front of your seat in these rail seats, it's it's more safer than actually seating at the moment. Yeah, completely agree. So uh, it's it's a no-brainer. So at the moment, uh, as it starts at January the 1st, uh, five clubs, Spurs, Chelsea, Cardiff and the two Manchester clubs have uh, applied to the Sports Ground Safety Authority for a licence. I think they they are fine now uh, with the actual uh, infrastructure in terms of the the, uh, seat design. So... I don't know who's dragging the heels now, but, uh, you know, you, you look at the Wolves, you look at uh, Spurs, and you, the seats are there. Manchester United, uh, Liverpool, and Villa, who uh, were first on the bandwagon in terms of safe uh, standing, and there was a lot of press around that, are, are actually nowhere to be seen in this conversation in recent years. So, uh, which is a bit of a shame, considering we had uh, the biggest single standing cop in Europe uh, at one stage before it got knocked down and converted into uh, a two-part seating arrangement. But uh, let's see, uh, I think Villa essentially have to redevelop their stadium Luckily, uh, the season ticket waiting list is always oh, is it's like almost a hundred thousand now, isn't it? It's going up by the minute. Yep. Doesn't matter about the adversity. Doesn't matter if we're losing games. Doesn't matter if we're second managers. It's 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 literally as we've been speaking about it. It's gone up another five thousand. I heard they're going to put an entire tier just of rail seats at Villa Park. <laughs> <laughs> If you're clued up, you know that we are trolling uh, on this one because uh, just from when Dean Smith's mentioned it in press conferences and then the club have mentioned it and then the press have mentioned it, it seems to go up by the hour. Uh, Every time somebody mentions it, it goes up a ridiculous amount. So uh, we just play along with that joke and add noughts to it. Right, uh, point number two. FIFA Pro, the World Football Players Union, calls for compulsory breaks to prevent burnout. Now, when I was young, if I had known that you could earn so much money for playing so little games as a footballer, I would have been all over this. I'd have sacked off studying anything else. I'd have just made sure I turned out to be a f- professional footballer. I'd, I'd, you don't have to play cup games anymore. You, you kind of get rotated in the league because they don't want you to get tired. Easiest job in the world in terms of the minutes you have to put in. What do they mean by breaks exactly? They're looking to bring in compulsory breaks to miss a game, to miss a whole game if the player plays um, three games of at least 45 minutes um, in what they call the critical zone. So the effort zone, I don't know. I haven't seen effort in a while, so I don't know what it looks like. Well, I mean, let's uh, let's let's just say when Aston Villa won the league the last time they only needed fourteen players. That's when men were men. But there is one strange anomaly in this. Um, for play, they've done a study and it's based on forty thousand appearances from a sample of two hundred and sixty-five players um, between June twenty eighteen and August twenty one. They say players at national team level, 67% of their minutes in the 2020-2021 season were played at the critical zone, which was up from 61%, and that was behind locked doors. So they put more effort in behind closed doors. I mean, you do these stats, and then you look at the touch count after these games, and players have had like 25 touches. And you think, this is just glorified running around, isn't it? We're getting awfully close to the Scott Hogan touch count meter here. Yeah, I don't know about burnt out. I mean, it seems that, 
players play less and less and earn more and more. That's the way the equation goes nowadays. Yeah, and nurses are burnt out. Pro- professional exactly. footballers <laughs> are not. I'm, I'm happy to stick my neck out on this one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, point number three, uh, the second season has begun. Spurs, Norwich... Villa all already axing uh, their men. Spurs did a good job to get out f- front of the pack, really, because they got the the only kind of half decent manager available. <laughs> the others are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, over to the uh, southeast coast, Mister Stanley Victor Collymore has uh, become South End, where he had a season. I think under Colin Murphy, who used to be the manager of Lincoln, he's their first senior football strategist. This covers uh, basically. Uh, working across and supporting the club uh, across the football departments, uh, commercial media, and uh, also the supporters' trust. Uh, from the interview I uh, watched uh, of him talking about the role, which he was very he seemed very genuinely happy and excited about. So uh, good on him to actually uh, let's say uh, get his hands dirty in football again, because you know pundits are pundits, and I think he's a you know he's, he's one of the better pundits in terms of uh, approaching it right across the board from the fans. Uh, to uh, the player point of view so uh, in terms of the job it's one of those sticky ones where people's egos get in the way and people just stand on each other's toes and uh, while the intentions are good at the start uh, these things uh, just due to human nature can turn a bit uh, sour but uh, hopefully uh, he won't have to experience that you should go and watch his uh, intro video a happy man it's rare to be seen nowadays I'm happy to be here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what are you helping us with uh, basically the, the the forthcoming 10 game losing streak and trying to get over dean smith getting sacked right uh, on to the saints game which uh apparently was the trigger when a when a manager hasn't uh let's say the results aren't going for them this like oh if you don't win this game he should be out or if he loses this game he's out this kind of it's almost like fans judging a manager's uh future on just one game it's kind of bizarre. I think you, I think Norwich, for example, took a period of games. This what is this? The tenth game, so they probably thought, right, we'll judge it on ten games. And uh, even though he won the tenth game, it's like, well, overall, you know, not good enough. But this kind of pressure on one game, what what does it doesn't really solve anything, does it? Singularly, it doesn't tell you anything other than it's it's just a barometer for when does your patience run out. I mean, we were awful though. <laughs> Well, I thought the second half we weren't too bad. I mean, the irony of this, we went to St. Mary's last season. We won 1-0, but we had more possession this time. We had more shots. When We had 14 shots this time, eight last time. Last time we had one corner. This time we had eight. So I don't think overall we were as bad as uh, we were the season before. We, the difference is, I think, this season and last season is just we had a defence uh, last season that could kind of carry us through these... Uh, shady times yeah and i don't i don't know what we'll have this season at the back i mean it was it was clear from the the first goal in, in this in the southampton game it's just ball broke in the middle it went high and then it's just hesitation it's like they don't think that anything's going to go wrong they don't know what's going to go wrong it just drops the armstrong and the southampton player and you know nine times out of ten he's putting that in the stands but this time he catches it perfectly and it's into the net and then from that from then on it's an uphill struggle. Heads drop quickly, and then, of course, they, they clearly didn't get the message, or maybe they did get the message. I'm not quite sure which way you want to put it, but they got the message on a piece of paper, Chris. It was it was <laughs> clear. It Game me watching, like the, man. It was rustling like the back of the net. 
Yeah, there's a couple couple of things here. One, I've I've been fairly chilled about this situation. I mean, it, I watched a local uh, the press guy where he was, seemed to be having a nervous breakdown in a budget ibis or whatever, wherever he was, and and I'm just thinking, <laughs> well, just you know, come on, this is the guy that everybody's invested in, and he's very much in integral to this new revolution of the Perslow, the Wes Edens and Suarez. I mean, when we had a poor run uh, going back a season or two, I mean, I, I asked Perslow about the situation and what he considers progress and his kind of tolerance levels or whatever. And he was very, very bullish about Smith. So this is a failure on their part, you know, make no mistake about that. So I'm very surprised that they pulled the trigger so quickly. I thought they'd give him the end of this month and then take it from there because uh, December gets a bit nasty. But the thing is, I mean, that note, when I saw that, I thought, what the fuck is going on here? It was very Sunday league, wasn't it? Because yeah. I'm thinking this team knew what it was doing defensively and they if they didn't they wouldn't have got out of that relegation uh, they were doomed to get relegated that season but because they managed to sort out the defensive and we're talking about the whole you know midfield and defence and that carried through to last season where uh, 15 clean sheets as we keep saying only Chelsea and Manchester City could beat that so you think if it ain't broke, what's the problem? But these extra coaches with their bloody tweaking and their long throws and uh, overcomplicating things, where you see players actually thinking, oh, what, what am I meant to do here, rather than just fucking play the game? It's it's weird. And th- then they're passing notes, and you're just thinking, oh, fuck me. And players don't, you know, players like simple instructions. They don't want it overcomplicating. And it's yeah. almost like, is this something that Dean Smith is embracing and preaching? Or, you know, what's the story here? I mean, you saw from the first corner, I mean, everybody ran to the first front post, about six fellow players went to the front post, leaving the Saints player right at the back post in his own. It's just lucky that he blazed over. Yeah, it should have been two or three at half time, I would say. Mm. Martinez uh, obviously kept us in it. But that's been the theme. That's been the theme all season. Uh, and, and it, you know, it, it's easy to, to just keep deferring back to all of 2021. We, I felt these problems predate Grealish leaving, which is, the again, I think a bit of a lazy yeah, lazy thing that people say. I, I, I think it, it, Smith fell into a couple of traps. One was desperately trying to hold on to the, his way of doing things, and I thought that was as clear as day against Southampton, West Ham, Arsenal. What is his way well, of doing? Well, I think it's. I think it, his way of doing things. We, we, he never fully established a style. That that was my angle on this. That we were always sold. We were sold this idea that Smith was an attacking free-flowing kind of football under Brentford. That I, I never thought we saw develop under Villa. I think there were there were flashes of it like the 7-2 against Liverpool and whatnot we would get beat by yep. Brentford yep. by Dean Smith's Brentford and then when it came to the day that people were saying oh we're going to get Dean Smith in uh, I mean half he's a Villa fan but B just from our experiences of getting beaten by Brentford every time but actually beaten in a you know they were played as well they became part. a bogey team for us and just to round off where I think that his intentions if you like collided with where we were at is he became we, we were stubborn in one sense especially in game but then we started tinkering and the the tinkering with the defense i think opened us up massively game after game after game and then as you say an, an almost obsession with this set piece notion that you know they're just fundamental parts of the game that you'd need to do well you don't need to over engineer things football isn't complicated and yeah. you know especially when we signed players like Watkins last season and we saw how they played it was an uncomplicated but very effective style just to track back to uh, the evolution of the Smith style I mean initially uh, the mantra was if we're 1-0 up we're going for the second goal and uh, everybody was like Whoa! clinking glasses and uh like the bravado of it, but I mean, we said many times on the show, this stinks of naivety. Yeah. I mean, the championships, uh, 
kind of a bit of a strange one because we scraped into the playoffs. But uh, in that first season, we were heading down. And it was only when they addressed getting the balance right, and Smith did admit this in his interviews, etc., that uh, you know this kind of gun ho approach obviously wasn't really working in the Premier League because you didn't really have a team to uh, sustain it. And it's like, no, you've got to be a bit more pragmatic. But they found that, and they got the balance right. And uh, you know, I think I remember myself saying they, they kind of hit a sweet spot. And then when we got into uh, the start of last season, gave Grealish some proper support in Barkley, and that defensive structure, the solidity continued and gave them uh, the foundations to kick on. And at that point, you thought, right, Smith here has learnt with that kind of attacking mindset, but with a solid base now, this is a team that could go somewhere. And then we started beating Arsenal, we started beating Liverpool, and you thought, we actually go toe-to-toe with the big guns now, and we, and we actually you know, frighten them. And we were solid. You know, we went to, you know, Leicester won won one nil away. Wolves, Leeds, Southampton. There was a few games like that. The Arsenal one where we were resilient. You know, we could, if we scored first, you thought, well, we won't lose this today now. Yeah. And, you know, you only have to go back a couple of seasons. So if we had a lead going in uh, with 10 minutes to go, you'd shit the bed because you knew it was going to score at least one goal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then we'd lost Grealish. But then also what's forgotten, we lost Barkley. And the two guys that gave us uh, that fear factor, any team would look at us and go, oh, fuck. They've got Grealish and Barkley and they're both playing well. That fear factor disappeared and suddenly those players were looking around. They don't see Grealish, they don't see Barkley and uh, they were bereft of ideas and whether that's a leadership uh, issue from uh, Smith or if they haven't recruited the best, you know, the, a good depth of player uh, and a bit of bad luck as well on the injury front. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, and, and and I think, you know, keeping keeping the focus maybe on, on Southampton, I think that there was a... It summed up in over 90 minutes exactly where we, we'd come unstuck on a number of those points that you just listed, really, that, that we Agreed. didn't have that fear factor. You know, the, the, the second half was improved, but only because the first half was so bad. We were lucky not to be going in at, you know, easily 3-0 down. But even in the second half, we 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 created nothing. We we built no sense of tempo, you know. The, it was. I mean, it's like just like the Arsenal game, it, it, the first yeah. half against it, Arsenal. It was, and and no slight on Southampton. I I think that they're they're improved, if you like, as a football club. But they're no means by no means amongst the best in the division. I I, I thought it was equally as scary against, as you guys have already said, against an organised West Ham team, because you think, well, you know, what what didn't we know going into some of these games and. 
I think this is where I, I just wasn't surprised how you you knew what the result was going to be after fifty five minutes against against Southampton. You know, we 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 weren't we weren't building up any head of steam, and then you, you see Keenan yeah. Davis emerge on the touchline, and you think, oh Christ, I've I've fallen into a time machine where nobody's learned anything. In Match Club, I did look at the uh, the starting lineup and looked at that bench, and I thought we just appear yeah. weak. If the opponents look at that, they go, three, if we don't get three points here, we're something wrong with us. That's that's exactly it. You just see the way teams start against us, and it's just like they just they go right into them. And I mean, it's, it's old school. It's like yeah. they just get into them hard. They won't be ready for it. They'll just they'll it's like Keystone cops at the back for the first 10, 15 minutes until Villa sort of oh, calm down. We, we, it's like Arsenal was like first round. Well, we knockout. persevered <laughs> with this crazy this crazy system of in, of you know wanting Matt Target to be exactly the same as Matty Cash when they're very different footballers. But punishing ourselves week after week after week and exposing ourselves to, to the same risk that would form, I suppose, part of the things that if you're in Perslow and the other parts of the hierarchy who have ultimately made this call, you think, well, what we're seeing it every single week. We're being punished every single week. Why are we not learning? We said this last season from sort of February, March, April. It's the same mistakes every week. Why isn't this being you know, fixed? If it happens once, fair enough. If it happens again, okay. If it happens three, four, five times, it's like, hang on a minute, this is this is fundamentals now. I think the only final thing I would say, and it's not to, this is very much around the, the Southampton game. How many how many times I think Smith must have perhaps looked at some of the players he would have considered to be more senior and either, either he lost them, confused them with the tactics, or they, they've suffered such chronic dips in form or erratic form. And I, and I would count, you know, I think... <laughs> McGinn's had good moments this season, but, but I thought against Southampton, he really was anonymous at times when... I mean, let, let me ask you the question, who had a good game for Villa against Southampton? <laughs> in terms of, I mean, I'm just I'm just talking about like 7 out of 10 effort. Yeah. I mean, I think against West Ham as well, it's the same characters. Yeah. Probably Martinez, Cash. Cash gets plaudits, I think, because he was absolutely... Play, playing for his international future. <laughs> yes. He was Abs- criminally exposed, absolutely. wasn't he, by Bailey? This is for Poland! Uh, <laughs> or Polska. I did notice on their official account they've posted uh, in in Polish. Obviously, do you like dumplings? On his, he's arrived this evening. I think for his <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to him. But I, I think he comes he comes out with some credit. But as as Chris just said, only because he's been you know he's had to cover some ground. And man, he was he was left to, left completely exposed with Bailey. Mm. Nakamba Nakamba came out of both those the West Ham game and that game with credit. And what happens? He get took off after. What fifty five minutes, and that's that was for me. That was like, that makes no sense. He was your base. You bring people on in front of him because he's the only one that's standing in the right place. Actually, to be fair to him, Buendia was having a decent game as well, and he got hooked. But he's always wanting to get. Oh, hooked. He always gets cramped or tired, doesn't he? he? Just doesn't look fit enough yeah. to play in the Premier League. He needs moment, that FIFA pro rule done. to come in, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's already burnt out. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, but this is, uh, I mean, we'll talk about this in the uh, this separate show, but somebody's not doing the due diligence on, on, on Buendia and Bailey uh, since they've walked through the door. They've We needed them from the off. And uh, I mean, it was Lang's list in alphabetical order. He just got to, oh, Buendia, yeah, Bailey, there's two Bs. Well, we don't need to go any further. We don't need to go any further down the line here. That'll do. It's almost like, you know, uh, Lang's le- left uh, Smith a big Santa sack of uh, presents uh, from the transfer window and he's opened them and it's just like empty boxes. He didn't buy the batteries? Yeah, he didn't buy the fucking batteries. Yeah. <laughs> Al Ghazi started as well. Uh, and somehow managed to stay on the pitch at half-time. That was mind-blowing enough in itself. Well, <laughs> at least he can take a penalty. That's what he's trading on. That's what he's trained for. I was trying to think of, you know, what what what, what is an Al Ghazi? I'm not quite sure. It's, uh, it's like a 
like an Area 51 type of thing where, you know, you think there's something exciting. Maybe there's a secret weapon inside, but I guess only people who wear tinfoil hats would believe it now. He just doesn't look... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a barren desert in Nevada. Yeah, it's just not, just not good enough. Yeah, certainly the players have not helped Smith at all. Uh, and this is the dumbfounding thing is uh, we only just beat Manchester United for the first time for over a decade. That was like six weeks ago. That followed a 3-0 win against the then unbeaten Everton. And we knew we had problems in terms of injuries, in terms of poor preparation, but you, th- you thought we were you know, we were getting results. There was the progress, weren't there, at the time? Perhaps we, that we perhaps weren't expecting and uh, you thought you know we're, we're on par we're, we're doing all right here yeah. and then suddenly you see that three five two just get taken apart by the opposition because our fullbacks were so far yeah. forward yeah. and you're just thinking if you've just equalized against spurs what the fuck are you doing like being you just you lock it down and try to snap if you're going trying to snatch a win you snatch it on the break but you've got to close the space because son's just going to run a muck and then against wolves the same thing two nil up kill the game at that point make the game stale just kill it off some of this is all obviously with the benefit of hindsight but you 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 look back now and you think well the man united team's probably you know it's not the manchester united powerhouse of old and we, we picked them off they they whipped spurs 3-0 yeah. after they got played wiped out day, by liverpool maybe that's the way to look day. at that one that they're not the you know the consistent powerhouse they were well they've got they've got <laughs> enough firepower there to uh, fucking <laughs> Beat Villa fifteen. No, but they didn't. We 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 released the house. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe we we perhaps overegged or over. You know, we we it masked what some of the more serious problems that have come home to roost in the weeks since. And I, I think compounded by the tinkering that you mentioned. You know, the formation change. And I, I, I don't know. It is it is funny though. And football does go like that sometimes. That you go from what feel like immense highs to, you know, to lows um, quite quickly. Yeah, I'd, I'd said in sort of previous shows that Smith just has had a look of a man who's sort of run out of luck anyway. And I think the team has, you know, their confidence has been on the floor. They, they look very, very cautious in how they played. Certainly that West Ham game, like pit players like Target, these guys, they looked fearful. It was almost like the, the, the decline through sort of the Lambert years where they were so scared to express themselves on the ball bar fleeting moments they played very safe very within themselves and as Dan said the tinkering is just we said I think it was in the submit for the weekend show that in any organization in any kind of business if you've had a massive transition like you've lost your Grealish your talisman figure Barkley's gone who was his sort of his right hand man you've lost two senior members of coaching staff as well that's a big overhaul don't start changing the system and don't don't let's not have even bigger transitions. Let's not forget Grealish. We've had plenty of practice for uh, playing Months. without Grealish because he's he's been missing a third of like four out of the last five seasons. So uh, I mean, we kept I kept echoing that on the uh, on the podcast over yeah, the years. You miss Grealish, but he's not there. But the the sort of tactic or the style of play doesn't change. You're still getting it to that final three quarters, and you're expecting whoever you land it with to do something special. And there's no like cohesive plan to make it work without them. Check this out. It's, it's, uh, sorry, Chris was talking about uh, the kind of fear and the confidence. So Villa it, back in the Premier League, doing start of you know start of the season, whatever you know, whatever. But then it's looking by February that oh, we're we're a week potentially are in the shit here. Pandemic comes along. 
project restart starts behind closed doors we manage to survive we're stringing wins together we survive next season behind closed doors start amazingly no crowd then it's getting to the uh, the second half of the season. There's talk that the crowd might come back. I see where you're going with this. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> suddenly the form drops. Somehow, I don't know how they managed to beat uh, Spurs and Chelsea at the end, but, you know, not full crowds there. And then the crowd's back this season, and uh, some of the players are unrecognisable uh, from, uh, let's say, uh, behind-closed-door situations. There was a lot of talk about certain players being training ground players. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's a good, very good point. <laughs> it used to be yeah. a regular topic on this show. And uh, normally when people say uh, training ground players, I mean they're really good in training, but put them in front of the crowd and they uh, they freeze. And I think there's a little bit I mean, of that. There is the obvious one, and it's not, you know, this isn't a scapegoating comment I'm about to make, but it is glaring how different Matt Target is in you know, in, in in that scenario, and I and I found his post match interview really uncomfortable viewing. I must admit, I know yeah. it's been bagged as, badged yeah. as a you know a real insight into and a you know a, clearly the the guy cares about his performances and the Villa are struggling. But it was badged to yeah, get some sympathy, yeah, it wasn't it? That's from not how it landed for me. I, I it's almost one of those where you think, does this guy need to be taken out of the team for his own benefit? Yes, put him out <laughs> of his misery. <laughs> you know, on the last show I said, he, he, you know, we, it's kind of been brushed over, but he's he scored what are essentially own goals, two own goals that cost us games, and then he gave away a penalty, which was the, uh, the fundamental moment that uh, fucked us on the Arsenal game. So that was three mm-hmm. games on the trot. Mm-hmm. That let's say it was the killer blow that he he was contributing uh, or helping to he just contribute. hasn't recovered from that first game of the season, has he? And that meaning he hooked at half time. That was you saw then he got destroyed, didn't he? Yeah, he got an problem. injury over the summer, didn't he? And he just he just looked underprepared, having been probably one of our best players the season yeah. before. But if you wonder if, if if Target is a you know he's been put up and fronted up as a you know I think it was Mings as well also was in front of the cameras uh, yep. after the Southampton game. If Target was you know was the most upbeat person willing to stick their hand up, wouldn't you know you think well is this a vision of is this a prism into the Villa squad of how the current yeah um what the current confidence mindset is, just... is and confidence and because it wasn't a it wasn't a do you know what reflective we've been really poor but it, you know being a bit more upbeat about it, it was quite a it was a depressing <laughs> somber interview. Yeah, and and also Dean Smith, who you know when he started uh, uh, managing Villa, you, you kind of enjoyed his press conferences and his uh, interviews. And then recently, you you've kind of got in that zone where you just like they all you sound know, the same. As is it Gre- is it Greta Thornburg her chant at this uh, COP twenty six. Yeah, the COP26. No more, blah, blah, blah. No more, blah, blah, blah. You start to feel like that. I thought that. you were going down a different route then, David. I thought you were going to go, you stole my childhood. <laughs> 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 this podcast is stolen our souls. <laughs> I think Aston Villa has done that for a lot of people who are, I would say, teenagers or uh, late teenagers when you factor in the last 10 Painful, years or so. This is the problem now. We are now turning around and looking back and being drawn back to... We know uh, what's down that road. That's the yeah. trouble is we know. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> Perslow, don't go and back that's down that's the fear. There. That's what drives this, that you, 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 you know, you, they're We've driving away or walking away from St. Mary's going, you know, it's not that long ago we were missing penalties against Preston North End. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's very raw and it's very fresh and uh, it's, 
it's easy to have a lot of sentiment for, for a manager like Smith, but at the same time, and Villa are no exception to this, we're paralysed by the fear of relegation. I mean, the new revolution was the new owners, Perslow with uh, Smith was their man. They had the Grealish, the poster boy. They slapped them both on They've the, the side of the down, North yeah, Stand. <laughs> another, another bit on the patchwork quilt to do tomorrow morning. My old man said, or well, me personally, it's always the ambition is we should be, Aston Villa should be up there fighting for Europe uh, and, you know, having a go to try to win a cup because traditionally, historically, we are silverware winners. That said, there's a status quo and there's that Super League 6 or whatever. And to penetrate that in the modern game with all their riches and the, uh, the imbalance that the Champions League causes now once those teams are in it and they have access to uh, revenue far and beyond you know, what Villa could be uh, pulling in unless they get into those places. And that is the goal for the owners. And uh, Perslow has you know, stated that. So you thought to break this uh, cartel, you've got to come up with something new and different and have your own thing. You can't just get the latest manager who, you know, who does the rounds because it is a bit of a merry-go-round because you're not getting a manager that's really invested in your club. You know, he's just thinking about the money, first of all, and then, you know, he'll be there for a couple of years and off he goes. But with Smith, you thought, this is actually a chance for some legacy here. So this is probably the best chance we've got here. You've got like passion within... And the chance for some real identity and like an, 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 an original identity. And you've got a manager who has managed to get Villa beating the champions 7-2, beating Arsenal 3-0 on their patch, uh, destroying them. And even uh, with a mixed bag of what's happened uh, this calendar year, we've managed to beat, in the last year, five of those six clubs that we have to uh, usurp. So you're thinking, all right, this this guy has got something to uh, take us to the level we need to, to be. The problem is, though, he's not consistent and he can go on these streaky runs and he's, you know, he's got bad patches to his name. So at this stage, you know, having uh, had five losses, I'm thinking, well, the thing about Smith is he has these bad patches and, and he shouldn't do. And that's, you know, quite frankly, it's not good enough. But at the same time, he can get you out of them. So... At this point in time, what's our best bet here? I, I think it was with Smith when he got his players back. He's never even, they've never started all together. The three guys that Perslow says were bought to replace Grealish in the aggregate. And that's astounding that in 10 games, that the, the three players that were served up as the main chief reason to improve this club and also replace the talisman, for want of a better word, and they can't even start together. This is not just on Smith. I think this is the whole thing. I mean... What, higher up the food chain? I'm talking about recruitment. I'm talking about coaching staff. I mean, Nanny McPhee, if he's still around. Coaching situation dreadful as far as I'm concerned. Shakespeare's gone. I don't know what the Anderlecht guy's well, all Aaron, about. Aaron Dank. But... They're not singing from the same hymn sheet. They're not a cohesive yeah, and unit. That, that's a good point. And it didn't seem a cohesive unit even with the appointments really and I must admit with, with Shakespeare Shakespeare I, I had to admit was standing behind yeah, standing behind Smith the other night I thought well maybe that's the caretaker manager there you did wonder well everybody thought mm. it was the insurance mm. policy and so that's, yeah. that's interesting because I think it, the plans of, of Perslow and, and uh, Langer are great when things are going well aren't they and again they were sitting in the stands in the shadows at St Mary's where again you thought oh hang on well you know Nanny McPhee there's that flick on header from a long throw uh, Danny Ings bicycle kick Nanny McPhee's in the second coming of Christ yeah, every, on yeah, Twitter yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're signing these 30 million players Danny Ings Buendia Pippin Arsenal to Buendia Lang's the second coming but all of these uh, things have have just defaulted, haven't they? They've uh, 
And there's got to be more responsibility than uh, just Smith. Well, they seem out of sync, and th- that's why that manifests itself into into the performances, doesn't it? That we became, you know, obsessed with things other than what what we needed to be, which was, you know, actually sticking to the things that had, had brought us success, promotion, kept us in the division, and and scared the opposition in our second season in the league. And we departed from all of those things massively, not least with the, the coaching staff a week before the season started. Sure, right. But well, we're, we'll we're going to deep dive on the Smith situation in a separate show. We're just going to finish off the show. Uh, stat of the game, uh, Phil. Have you got anything yes, for well, me? Southampton's third minute winner, which was actually two minutes and fifteen seconds, was the earliest goal Aston Villa have ever conceded in the Premier League and gone on to lose the game 1-0 yeah, they, they never looked like no. scoring did they I mean they improved second half but you just felt there's no way they're, they're getting anything we this. kept a clean sheet for 95 minutes <laughs> <laughs> progress, progress. So he finally worked out how to keep a clean sheet again and uh, got booted. Right, uh, this is a bit of the show that I don't think Dan has been involved with before. Oh, he love it. It's had various changes uh, in terms of the punishment, but we're going to go back to the original. If you had to line up the uh, 11 starters for Aston Villa against the Saints and shoot one of them, who would you shoot? Couldn't we have just strapped somebody to a rocket on and gone with the fireworks night theme? Yeah, I'll start, I'll start again. Who are you going to strap... To a rocket, and it's going to be a big rocket, like a mega cock. <laughs> <laughs> I was once at a uh, a stag do, you know, where we, you know, clay pigeon shoot and all that kind of shit, and stayed in like, this country house, and we got loads of fireworks in, and one of them was this, the biggest rocket you've ever seen, and just spontaneously, everybody there started as the guy was putting it down to start to light it. Everybody in a kind of uh, wicker man tribal, everybody at the same time was like synced perfectly everybody started going mega cock mega cock mega cock <laughs> like it was some kind of uh, cult you stumbled or something. into the wrong country house party it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound like crinkly bottom does it so who we're connecting to the mega cock well and firing off damn. into space it's quite simple i i would i would strap al ghazi to that rocket after 45 minutes at the saint st mary's and that was pitiful wasn't it <laughs> fired <laughs> fired to the edge of the universe i think it's over for him isn't it it's one of those players where you think he he can you know he can do it. It's just something missing from his game. New yeah, manager in a bit of missing a brain. <laughs> it's absent. It's hollow. Well, talking about that, I I'm strapping Keenan Davis to it. I know he only came onto the pitch, but like, but he robbed he robbed me of so much hope for an equalizer that just by even seeing him step onto the pitch that 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 was it. I don't think what, what job he would have if he wasn't a footballer. What you know, in, or you know, across time, and I just imagine his. He'd have been responsible for calculating lifeboat spaces on the Titanic. That sort of type of pointlessness. The bottom line is he was off on loan to Stoke and uh, obviously his injury curtailed that move. And and here we are in our hour of need and Smith's in his hour of need and uh, that's what his future is resting on. Can I strap Nanny McPhee to the rocket? Technically it has to be a first 11 player. Can we not make an exception for this one? I'm going to go with... uh... I'm going to go with El Ghazi as well. It's Ooh. a double-ended rocket. <laughs> oh, God. This, this is a mega cock that's going to split him into two. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, sorry. Smut alert, smut alert. Uh, I think we should move Probably on. Probably best. <laughs> right, we're going to uh, do a uh, Dean Smith special two. show where we get into this deeper and 
come up with revelations that you've never heard of in your life before. Uh, before that, I want to say a big thank you to uh, the My Old Man Said patrons and also to everybody who uh, joined us in Match Club uh, on the night, Friday night uh, of the Saints game to uh, hold hands and share the experience of Dean Smith's last game. So thank you for joining us in that. And also thank you uh, to the new My Old Man Said patrons, uh, Andy Chance, Alan Rose, Jim Power, James, also uh, Colin Curry for renewing as well, and uh, Kev Berry for becoming an annual subscriber. If you become an annual subscriber, you get two months off free, which is about 15% off. So uh, if you want to get extra podcasts, and most of all, join Match Club. It's going to be an interesting one uh, for the rest of this season. Please do go to myomansaid.com. Click on the patron link on the menu. Uh, if you're on a mobile device, it's uh, the menu thing is those three uh, uh, lateral lines, and that you'll see the patrons when you uh, press that. Thank you very much. Right, uh, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at my old man said, and also on Instagram at my old man said, and also on Facebook at my old man said, and follow it on whatever podcast apps you are listening to, so uh, you get a notification when the Smith Out Show pops up as well. Right, gents, any final words? It's good to be back. Nothing's changed. <laughs> if anything, it's worse. <laughs> I know I know what you called. <laughs> uh, dude, it's like the bat phone. It is a giant <laughs> hot dog in the sky. <laughs> Phil? No. Chris? No. Oh, crikey. Like, um... <laughs> right, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. 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 days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans